how am I going to be professional? How am I going to do this stuff? How am I going to work on these movies that I want to work on? Because I, I would always procrastinate. I would always think, oh, I'll just do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. In your life, you have so many different distractions. You have so many different people asking for your time. You have so many different things that you would like to do. But the most important thing is to understand what it is that you value most and finding that purpose through your priorities. Welcome to Straka Institute podcast. This time you're in for a lecture by Ash Thorpe, a talented art director, illustrator, and concept designer who worked on such films as Ghost in the Shell, Captain Marvel, and X-Men First Class. In this episode, Ash talks about the tools he uses in his work and creative process. Ash was part of Another World's event series at Straka in 2019. I'm going to go into deep detail about what tools I use and why. I'm also going to talk about my thoughts on creative block. It seems to be a common question amongst most creatives as to like how can I, you know, beat this uh, this dark master that kind of controls me and ruins my life by um, creative block. So I have some t- um, strategies and techniques as to how I beat it, beat it. So I'm going to help you guys with that. Uh, number three is my process of how I do the work that I do based on lists and and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go into deep dive on that. Number four is focus. I'm going to talk a bit about how important it is to have focus as a creative and how important it is to have that in your career and how it's helped me a lot. And the resources, um, talk a little bit about books that I read and why I read them. And then number five, or number six is going to be about some rules that I follow. So first topic is tools. And let's talk a bit about tools. So um, as of now, Perhaps when I started working in this industry, I would just work like I would only use play, like um, Photoshop. But now I use quite an array of different programs. And the reason I use so many different programs is because I'm so curious about why certain things work. So I'm always like, oh, well, how does this work? How does 3D work? How is this? So it kind of accumulated into this kind of a massed blob of uh, programs. I don't care about brands. I just want to get the job done. I don't use PC or Mac. I use them both, and it doesn't matter. It's all just a tool. It's all just something to help us express who we are. So number one is uh, Cinema 4D is what I do for 3D modeling and um, 3D building and everything. So everything that you see of my work that is in 3D, I use a program called Cinema 4D. Um, I'm not brand loyal to this. It just happens to be the program that I I fell into. I started working at a studio called Prologue um, in my beginning, and it was more or less a, a kind of a motion graphics title sequence place. But anyways, it was kind of like a common um, program that I fell into. So I wasn't, I didn't, didn't get introduced to Maya or 3D Studio Max, which seems to be like the common program. But Cinema is really amazing. It's very robust. If you use it, you know what I mean by it. It's an awesome program. Number two is After Effects, and I use that primarily for 2D animation compositing and doing like effects so all my renders will go through after effects primarily and i just have like a slew of like little tricks that i use with it over the time of all the years that i've been using it kind of figured out um, why and what things work from using that program number three all my editing i go and use premiere sometimes premiere drives me nuts i'm sure if you use premiere you're very familiar with it um, but Premiere is amazing. It's actually, when it works, it's really incredible. And that's basically how I do all my editing. I do my play blasts and all that kind of stuff. Illustrator is where I create all my vector illustrations. Um, I've been using Illustrator and Photoshop since like, I'm, 80, I'm aging myself here. I've been using it since like 2000 or something like that. So I've been using it for a long time. And it hasn't changed all that much over the time that I've used it. But anytime I do like, primary like illustration or design stuff, I usually use Illustrator. It's really great. It's a great program. 
Number six, for all digital art and sketching, drawing, and designing, I use Photoshop. Photoshop's been just like, you know, a staple, so it's an awesome program when it works again. Um, and then InDesign is where I do all my editorial and presentation stuff. Um, number seven is Bridge. I love Bridge. Bridge is um, kind of a way that I use, I, I kind of use it as a way to kind of oversee and see everything that I am working on very easily. It just gives me a sense of what it is that I'm doing and what I'm lacking in. Um, it's just a great program, it's very simple, but it works really great. Um, I use Chrome, obviously. Chrome, the reason why I use Chrome is because they have a lot of really great assets that add, add to it. It's like um, communication and research and project management. I use docs and um, sheets and all that kind of stuff. It's just really great. Uh, for audio stuff, I use Adobe Audition. It sounds like I'm like a sponsor. I'm sponsoring sponsored by Adobe, but I'm not. It's just a really good suite of programs. Um, and then ZBrush, as frustrating as ZBrush has become, and how much I've yelled at my screen while using it, <laughs> it's an amazing program. It's once you understand how to speak its language, it's just like the best. And I use it from primarily for soft body modeling, but you can do hard surface Boolean operations. It's really quite great. Um, and then Lightroom. Um, I take a lot of photographs. It's kind of a hobby of mine, and I love taking photographs, and I use Lightroom to edit all my photographs. And then lastly, Dropbox, um, primarily for production and sharing and doing all my backups and stuff like that. It's been really good. I've been using it since its beginning. Do tools matter? Um, and I think that, in my mind, no tool is really perfect. And I really believe that it's up to us as the user to bend and use these tools to kind of worked for what we want and what we need out of them. So that being said, there's tools, all these tools, I'm never happy with any of them. Every program I curse every time I use it. So I'm like, what the heck, why can't it just like do that thing I needed to do? So, but it's important to not get kind of fixated on, I'm only a Mac guy or I'm only a PC guy. Cause I used to be that person and it kind of hindered me. It hindered me in my career because I would just kind of latch onto a brand. So tools matter, but they're not the, for me, they're not the end result. A question I get asked a lot is uh, what tools should you use? And I think that one of the things that I do is it all depends on your goals as a creative. So you should, the thing that I do is I'll look at, I'll look online and I'll look at like peers and people that I admire. If they're cool enough, I'll just re I'll write to them and I'll say like, hey, how did you do that? And would you mind sharing some details as to what program you used and why? And for the most part, most creative people, if you like use complete sentences and spell your words properly and you're nice, like they'll respond and they'll give you the information that you want, which is really great. So that's how I would decide what tools to use. Okay, let's talk about creative block. It's a myth. It's totally a myth. Uh, don't believe in it. Don't believe the hype. It's totally a myth. Number one thing that I do is I work on two to three projects at the same time. And here's why I do that. In the beginning, I used to think, oh, I should just work on one project and just stick on that. But the, for me, I don't know if you're the same, same as I am, I imagine most of us are, is that you get like burnt out on an idea or you hit a wall. And having multiple projects to work on really helps you kind of navigate and shift your mind. The way that my mind works is I'll hit a problem and then I'll shift to another project. My mind will be f opened up from that problem and I'll be working on something else. Still productive, still feel good about myself 
by the time I come back to the problem, my mind, the neurological, I don't know, whatever, the weaves or whatever is happening in my brain resets to it and I'm able to solve it faster because I haven't allowed my mind, I haven't overworked my mind on something that doesn't make sense and I've allowed myself to also feel like creatively happy by working on another project. Number two um, is really knowing when to take a break. I'm incredibly stubborn. I don't like to let things get to me, but I've realized over time that taking breaks has helped me a lot because it allows me to kind of have a separation from things emotionally so I can come back to it and really focus on it. Um, Number three is having strong network of peers. I can't stress number three enough is I love having like a really strong group of friends that are better than me at what I do. And I like to defer to them whenever I'm having, not at a block, but just having like a hard time kind of expressing myself through my films or whatever I'm making. So having them as like a soundboard or somebody that I can connect with really helps. Number four is an obvious one, which is I try to avoid like bad rituals and habits. And you know you're in a bad habit when you just feel unhappy. You know, the moment that you feel unhappy or unfulfilled is usually because you've created a bad habit for yourself and you're just continuing that bad habit. And number five is getting, just simply getting the work done. So much of what it is about beating the habit is basically like sticking to it and just getting it done. So whether you're working on multiple projects, you just have to sit there and get through it. And by the time you come back to it, usually for me at least, it's beat it. Let's talk a bit about lists. If there's anything in this presentation that I really hope that you take is going to be this part and why I use lists. The moment in my life that I was able to take like responsibility for myself and my actions, it made me feel like I had fulfillment in my life. So one thing I think about is personal accountability. Accountability is our greatest asset. In your life, you have so many different distractions. You have so many different people asking for your time. You have so many different things that you would like to do. But the most important thing is to understand what it is that you value most and finding that purpose through your, your priorities. And so with my list is basically the process that I would su- kind of suggest to you that if you're, if you're new to trying this thing is first and foremost is to write all of the things that you want to do or you're interested in or your dreams or the things that you must do on a day-to-day basis. Let's say you're a student, so you have to go to school and focus on your school, or if you're, let's say you're a parent, well, you have to take care of your kid and your child or your job, write everything out. Number two is I try to remove as much clutter as possible to my life. Um, I try not to never ever do things now that I don't feel like are important to me or going to be something that I find fulfilling. Um, And that can consist of just not replying to certain emails or doing meetings that I don't want to do. I've left companies. I've kind of declined on a lot of things because I wasn't feeling like it was a priority. It felt like more of a distraction to me. Um, Number three is finding your A and B list priorities. And so what I mean by that is you need to break down, like, number one is your A-list priorities. These are things that if you don't do, it's going to affect your life in a negative way. So it's like not if you don't pay the rent or if you don't take your child to school or any of these things, or if you don't send an email to a really important client or if you don't cash your checks or whatever, these are all things that you must do. That's your top-level things. Anything that if you don't do it, it could cause you, like, direct harm. And then your B-list things are things that... If you don't do, it could cause you a little bit of issues, but you can still, you know, navigate them and work through them. When I first started doing this, I had, like, all these weird things that became important to me that were just distractions. And the moment that I just removed all that crap from my life, like, my life became so much clearer and better. And my vision for my future and my passions became so much stronger because of that. 
So I was able to remove all the clutter and I only do those A and B list things when I'm home and I'm working. I only focus on those things and I'm able to get so much more done because my mind is clear. I know what I need to do and I only focus on the things that matter. It sounds simple when I say it, but the moment that I really started to live through it and, and become it, it became, I became to be more prolific necessarily. So I was able to do like 10 times the amount of work that I did normally because I was so distracted by C list priorities or D list priorities, things that didn't matter. The next thing I would do is I'd write out all my goals in order of action. So it's really important that you write out everything that you want to do, but you make an action almost like... Um, you're reading a book, you would have the first start and the middle and the end. You would do the same thing for yourself and your actions. Because what you're doing at this process, at least the way I do it, is I'm writing my own book of the reality in which I want to have in my life. Number five is I set times and alarms to keep myself on track. I mean, there's so many of us that I'm sure that when we create things, we get so lost in time that like, and that's a testament to how great it is to be who we are as creatives is that um, hours can go by and we're not aware of what it is that we're doing because we're just focusing on the creative task. But I set a lot of alarms on my phone to kind of keep me on track to stick to the reality in which everybody else in this planet works with, which is on the 24-hour schedule. Um, but this kind of works a lot because it allows me to be really specific about how I do the things I do. I have two sketchbooks that I bring or two books that I use, especially when I'm working. One of them is what I would call like my priority book. It's like a book that I only put my list of things to do. And then the other books are like my sketchbooks. It's just kind of where I draw all kinds of random stuff and I solve problems. And, and the reason why I use paper, because I've had this question like, oh, Ash, why don't you use like freaking Google, McDougal, the app that's the coolest thing or whatever. None of that shit works for me. Because in the digital space, things don't have a physical meaning. And I use paper and I use a pen because it has gravity to it. And when I finish a task, a tough task, always my toughest task is the first one in the day. When I finish that task, when I cross that out, I feel so fulfilled that I've used the time to fulfill and get the things that I wanted to done. And so that's kind of how I work. It seems kind of simple, and the reason why, um, another thing I want to touch on is the reason why I make my list the night before is because cognitively, I might have a really tough problem. Let's say like a client has hired me to solve a very difficult design need, but if I have it in my mind that I know I'm going to work on this the next day, I will kind of meditate on it, and I'll think about it, and I'll run through the process of designing it in my mind through my sleep. So when I come to the task at hand in the morning, I've already had a head start cognitively. So when I'm ready to hit it, I already am accomplishing it mentally. And it's sped up my ability to get to the direct source really quickly. Okay, so focus, super important. Your level of focus in life is a direct result to your ability to manage your time appropriately. It's common sense, but it's like something that I've always had a, tr a trouble with before I kind of really focused on why it is that I wasn't able to maintain my focus. More, now more than ever, because there's so many distractions in our lives, you know, Instagram and really cute like corgi videos online and stuff like that that <laughs> suck hours of my time. Number one rule of focus that I find is really important is basically I try to remove as many distractions on my phone. I stop using Facebook. I have Twitter only on my computer. I have Instagram only on my phone, but I try not to use it too much. I try to give Instagram like maybe 15, 20 minutes of my day max, which is really kind of difficult because it's quite addicting and how the algorithm works. And I feel like, yeah, I want more stuff, but it's actually 
um, more or less a distraction, and it gets in the way of me doing the things that I need to do. On my computers, I have three computers. I have two like gnarly beast PCs that are like my render and my kind of like my big tools that I use, and I also have an iMac. But I don't have any games on there. I know probably I've I've heard like my friends that are gamers are like, oh my god, you have all these GPUs. You could play like League of Legends 4,025 million, and you could kill all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't do that. I treat my computers as like devices of mechanisms that I get my work done. So I remove all distractions on there, and then I also. I allow small windows of time for breaks and rewards. So if you have a hard time with your focus, it's good to have little windows. So it's every two hours or something, if you need a little break, you can have that and give it to yourself. Um, number four is I set up a system of guidelines for my own workflow. And what I mean by that is I kind of have a system as to how I get my things done, as you meant seen before, but it helps me with my focus so I can kind of know that, okay, well, uh, at 12 o'clock I have to get this done so I have to remain focused so that I can have a reward after... It's like a way that I kind of fix my brain so I can work really hard, but at the same time enjoy like my breaks and my, my ability to focus on things so I have like awards, basically. And then lastly, is it all comes down to like respecting yourself and respecting your time, for me at least. So that's helped me with my focus. Resources. Super important. I have a bunch of books uh, at home. I have a, it's, my office is not that big, actually. It's like maybe the size of the stage. And I have a big desk, and I have a bunch of books, and I love books. Books are so important. I kind of consider them time machines, almost in a sense, because there's this like proverb from the Bible, I believe, um, but it's a, a saying that I always think about, which is iron sharpens iron. And the thing that I love about books is somebody has already taken the time of their life to dedicate to this information, and I'm able to access it at any time through the voyage of reading a book, and I'm able to take their words and apply it to my life, and I just love that. It's one of my favorite things. And I'm constantly always reading. And if anything that I've mentioned here in this, in this show or if you've seen my art and you're wondering how I do it, a lot of it's attributed to the books and the knowledge that I've obtained from these books. So if everybody asks me, like, what's the top book that you would rec refer to people to get? Um, number one is a, a book called Mastery. And it's actually a book that I've read maybe three times and I've listened to often. I'll just kind of listen to maybe like a couple chapters. But Mastery is really amazing. And Mastery is written by a guy named Robert Greene. And he really breaks down and dissects as a human what it is to master. And I put this in quotes because I firmly believe that nobody can actually master art. Art is an unobtainable mastery object. Is we could just get better at it every day. But he really breaks down like people like Benjamin Franklin and um, Da Vinci and all these kind of people. Like how is they they, man, they manage to get their mastery through their lives? And he breaks down the ten thousand hour rule or the ten year ten year rule. And a lot of things that were abstract in my mind became totally true by reading this book. And it's just an amazing book. Number two is a book called Eat That Frog. Horrible title, but super good book. Everything that you saw on my list that I kind of was like talking about, it comes from this book called Eat That Frog. And Eat That Frog is all about breaking down how you process your day and how to understand your priorities and how to set up lists. Super good book. So um, when I was growing up, I had a real hard time with understanding, like, how am I going to be professional? How am I going to do this stuff? How am I going to work on these movies that I want to work on? Because I, I would always procrastinate. I would always think, oh, I'll just do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. And when I read Stephen's book, War of Art, by Stephen Pressfield, I understand how to personify the idea of procrastination within my mind. And it helped me really process all these kind of outer abstract thoughts that I had and things that would get in my way and get in the way of my success. And so that book's really great for that. 
Damn Good Advice for People with Talent is by George Lois. Awesome book. Yeah, it's just a really easy read, but he's got a lot of great knowledge that he breaks into that book. And then lastly is Manage Your Day-to-Day by 99U, which is kind of a culmination of all these books into one. A lot of resources, a lot of great things, a lot of great knowledge. If you have curiosity about how I do what I do, how I, is I work on these movies, why I make my, pre- my passion projects, it really comes from a lot of the knowledge that I've obtained in these five books. I always surround myself with people that empower me. It's so important. There's so many people on this planet that are going to be like, ah, you fucking suck, and I don't believe in you, and you should stop doing what you do. But those people, just remove them from your life and just only have people around you that empower you, that give you power, give you energy, positive energy. Not people that will just say yes to you, but they'll they'll question you and they'll challenge you, but they'll also empower you. So number one is as I surround myself with a really great, healthy group of peers that help me out. It's a tough thing to do because you need to really navigate and find a lot of people that are going to connect with you, but I, I'm blessed to have a lot of great people around me. Number two is I, it's really important to me, and I've seen it. Um, it's kind of the downfall from a lot of people is always staying humble. It's very important, and it's something that's easy to get lost when you get better at something or all the world's telling you, oh, you're great and this and that, but none of that matters, and it's all about being humble because we're always students to art. Art is always a thing that we're always trying to understand every day, and that's basically us understanding ourselves. So staying humble is really important. Number three is always being creative and always being always creating. For me, my purpose in life is, is what I create. Everything that I do in my life is directed towards my passions of creating things, and so for me, that's like a really important rule for me, always to be creating, and then always be learning. I've known a lot of creative people that have kind of just stop learning, and I never understood that. Why would you stop learning? Because learning is feeding your creativity, and your creativity is feeding your learning, and it's all connected. So these are really important things that I'm constantly doing. And it's, you know, I get it. It's really humbling to be sitting on a YouTube video, like learning from a 10-year-old in the UK about how to use Cinema 4D, but it is the process in which I have to do it. So it's just a part of it. Um, and then number five is uh, helping others whenever possible. And it's so important, and it's, it's, I think it's always very possible to always help people. It's always about being powerful and prolific. If you listen to my podcast, you know that's how I end all my podcasts. To watch the full lecture, visit Jaka Institute's YouTube channel. Follow the link in the episode's description. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. See you in one week.